0: people welcome to chronicles abroad it's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth so each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers creative wanderers and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes if you like traveling- Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. I'm Francis, and I'm Nubia. As always, we have a fantastic show for you guys. We are speaking with Bako in Say hello, Bako. Hey guys, how you doing? Fabulous. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So this
1: episode is special for me because a year ago I was speaking to Bako about potentially living abroad, and here we are, both of us living abroad. Like that's dope. So I just want to say congratulations on your move to Japan. Ooh, thank you thank you I just want I want to thank you let me give you a shout out because I
2: had no intentions of living in Asia whatsoever like when I think when I was talking to you I was talking about going to Europe and you put the whole Asia bug in my mind about like cheaper cost of
1: living easier to
2: travel and it was like yeah that's a good idea
1: yeah but let's be real though I talked about not going to Europe because I thought Europe would be very expensive because you were talking about Spain I think like Spain yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean, you ride Barcelona and all that good stuff but then you end up in Japan one of the like most expensive places in Asia mm. yeah baby steps.
2: I to, <laughs> this is where I found the job. So this is where I found the job that had offers a decent pay and had the most leave for traveling. Okay. The job I had in Taiwan didn't offer any leave. So I can't move to stay in one country. It doesn't make any sense. So I figured I'd hit Japan for a year, try to go to as many places as I can within that year and within my budget, and then look for other options since I'll have some experience in the okay. field.
0: Let's rewind a little bit, Bako. Tell us how you got started on your travel journey, because you've been to a lot of countries
2: yeah so this is japan will make it 31 and i'm trying to go to all the continents and i'm trying to go to as many countries as possible anywhere that's not that doesn't have a war going on (laughs) i'll pretty much go to out of america (laughs) so what's the question how did i get to japan or how did i get into traveling yeah how did you
0: get into travel how did you get bit by the travel bus a lot of people are 31 countries deep so How did all that happen? I asked myself that question because it was after college. In
2: college, I did like islands, you know, little island stuff. You think you're cool. And I went to grad school and I was around 23. I met a friend in grad school. She was from England. So my first big, big trip was to England. And I just loved it. Like, I just loved England. And I don't know, something about just being, seeing different, like, how people live in other parts of the world and how, like, it was so much better (laughs) than what I've experienced in America in terms of, like, just the how they let they live their lives the-, the amenities that they were given by their government just all that stuff that you don't really think about when you're in america because you don't know any better and then i was like well let me see what other places are like and i just started sort of traveling to different places in europe and like south america and i just loved it like i just fell in love with just learning other cultures experiencing other cultures i found that i didn't miss much when i was gone i didn't miss america i didn't have like homesickness so.
0: but you were
1: also vacationing because <laughs> yeah. if you see some of your photos girl you are living it up in greece on yacht week <laughs> Here, You know what I'm saying? Having Guinness in Ireland or something or whatever. you just, you just all over the joint. You know what I mean? And she's just doing it up with her colored lipstick and her outfits and, you know, just having a ball around the world. So that's amazing. But this is so different. You're no longer vacationing. You are now settling into living in a place for at least a year. So let's go there. When did okay. that spark inside of you to say, I'm ready to leave America and move abroad? I think I've been trying to move for the past, I want to say at least five
2: years. I think I start to feel like some discontent with just, America and what was going on racially and culturally in a society. And I think that even started around when Obama became president, because even though he won, you started to see the backlash and the outpour of the racism that was sort of hidden under the surface of America. So we have this facade, oh, we got a black president, everything's kosher, shit is sweet, but then police start killing black people, you know, like, so then everything just sort of comes at you hard in your face. And I'm like, damn, this America that we thought we had achieved is a facade. It's not for real. And I think years and years, I just kept getting inundated with the images of all this hate and just bullshit that Black people have to deal with. And I just started getting so frustrated. And I found myself getting upset. And then when I traveled to other countries, and I think the big part of it was the dialogue I would have, particularly with white Europeans, white people from other countries who didn't understand why America was so fucked up. And I was like, I don't understand it either. And then learning about how their society offers all these benefits you don't have to worry about tuition you don't have to worry about health care you don't have to worry about housing if you're homeless when i went to scandinavia i was like there's no homeless people why do we have such a fucked up society and then other people are living a lot better and we're supposed to be the superpower of the world and i think that really is what got me like i can live a better life in another country and there's racism everywhere but It's not as pervasive as what I experience or what is experienced in America.
0: Every country has their pros and cons, you know. I was going to say, every country has their pros and cons, but I mean, I've had this discussion as well because you and I are both dark-skinned
1: Black women, which I feel like is a lot different than if it was a lighter-skinned Black person. You get what I'm saying? Traveling solo within the world because right now you're in Kyoto, you're Mm -hmm. a dark-skinned Black woman. Melanated queen, and there's only one of you. You understand what I'm saying? You're not invisible. I stand out. You stand the hell out. And it becomes almost a spectacle at times, depending on where you are, especially in places like China or whatever. And some people love it. It can be a little much for me after a while. It's like, come on, guys. I just want to walk the street. You get what I mean? Right. I don't really need or want the photos. I don't really need or want the accolades. I just kind of want to just walk the street and just enjoy my time. So with that said, what were you doing for work in the States? So I
2: am actually a social worker by license. So... Ironically, I work for the federal government. <laughs> I work for the federal government working with the mentally ill ex-male offender population. So, I mean, I had a really good job in terms of pay, in terms of flexibility. You saw I traveled 12 times a year because of the flexibility of my job and I had the money to do so. I had a house. To be honest, my life in America was great. In terms of the struggle, I didn't have that struggle that you think about like that. I grew up poor, like the man has always held me down. Like I didn't have that struggle, but I think it was just something inside my conscious that doesn't allow me to see other people struggle and not feel impacted some kind of way. You understand what I'm saying? So like, even though it doesn't directly, I haven't necessarily been affected by police brutality or racism or capitalism in the, in the sense that I was grew up poor and parvished. But to see it, the cycle continually around me affected me. It's that vicarious trauma. Yeah.
0: Also little so
2: That's a really good vocabulary, but not necessarily experiencing it myself, but being a witness to it on a regular basis. And then with social media, being inundated day to day to day to day with all of the faces of Black people getting murdered and immigrants getting deported and just like all the stuff that is America. Yeah, this is too much.
1: Yeah, it builds up. But you just said you had a great life in America where, you know, you had the house, you had the job that was paying you what you needed. You had the flexibility to travel. Why give it all up? I understand that there was tensions that you see out there and you just felt like enough was enough, but it's so hard for people to
0: cut that cord. Yeah. I mean, some people would probably just move to like California or move to a different state. Why completely out of the country?
2: I'm not motivated enough by money. one because I took like a $70,000 pay cut. Like I'm not making any money here, like no real money. So one, I'm not a person who's motivated by money. Two, I'm not a person who really supports capitalism. That's not what gets me up in the morning. Like, yes, I'm going to have this money in my account. Three, I think I'm a socialist. So I wanted to be in an environment that supports the people and an environment that thrives because the people thrive. You know what I'm saying? Like America, the people don't thrive. Because it's so focused on money and capitalism when there's other countries where everyone is happy because everyone has a job and everyone's getting paid. And if you fall short one day, the, someone's going to help you. You don't have to worry about where you're going to get your next meal. And just mm-hmm. seeing that in different places around the world where I've been, it was just like, man, I can still live and be happy making a little bit of money because I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm.
0: Got it. I can dig you it. talk often about how when you do move to another country, the same stresses that you have just they disappear you just don't have that much drama you just there's no more like it's just I don't know man it's hard to describe in words it's more something that you feel Mm -hmm. and I know for me I'm like nothing going on just nothing happening dull but exciting life yeah well I think it's the quality of life it's the quality of life. I was having a conversation yesterday with a couple of girlfriends and we were
1: talking about, I know this is funny, but, you know, going to the hospital here in Thailand and we were just like, yo, the experience that you have. So a couple of girlfriends had went on literally like dates to the hospital. You know, it's like calling your girlfriend up and saying, hey, you want to go to movies? It was like, hey, you want to go to the hospital tomorrow make an appointment? Because they have these full checkups, right? Remember, Francis, I even hit you up and was like, yo, got to do a checkup for like 990 baht, which is is about $28. You get what I'm saying? And I'm talking about a full checkup for everything. And it was just like, you can't go to the States. I mean, your copayment might be $20. You know what I mean? And from the point you walk in there, you're madame. They feed you snack. They feed you lunch if you're there past noon. The doctor is with you for however long you need. And they explain everything to you. It's not a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, the doctor will be with you when he gets a chance or when he decides to, you know, when he's done with X, Y, and Z, they spread it out enough where they give every single buddy the The care that they need so one of my girlfriend's mother was here and she brought her mother to the hospital and her mother just was almost in tears about the experience that she had because she was just like in the states I don't get this they don't treat me like if I'm a person and she found so much more about her health and herself being here so it's a different quality of life and it's not worth staying in the states and being depressed angry you know hurt and penniless because you know a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck versus leaving and just having a better a better sense of yourself in life.
0: You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So, whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone.
2: Yeah. Like speaking to that, I am in Japan and they have universal healthcare where they pay 70% of all bills, but even at 30%, you can get braces or like a root canal for like 3,000 yen, which is like $30. Like the cost, even after that 70% is paid, 30% you have to pay is so minimal in terms of what you get. You know, in America, braces is like thousands and thousands of dollars. Like you said, we have to do a, a physical here too. And the company pays for every year you must do a physical like a complete checkup like you said in the u.s that's not they want you to be healthy huh? yeah they want you to be healthy because if you're healthy then you can work and you can produce and they keep the economy going it keeps the community going and keeps it thriving america you can't even get sick you can't take sick leave because you got to be at work but if if you get sick you don't have any you know leave to be out. You have to go to work so you don't have
1: time to really take care of your body to be in an optimal position to even work. That's true. That is true, I must say. And this just goes to say, and I was going to say to the listeners, if you're going to take vacation somewhere, really look at what they offer in that country. Because if you come to Thailand, it might not be a bad idea to get your teeth done. People come here for cleanings, whitenings, braces. You know, one of my girlfriend's sons, she's going to get him braces. It's going to cost her $1,600 total. Total. Where in the States, you're paying thousands of on thousands. I see people making payment plans to do braces. So if you're going to be here on vacation anyway, you might as well get some stuff done while you're here and it will save you a lot of money. And I'm just putting that out there. You know, medical tourism is huge in a lot of countries. People go to Singapore for surgeries, Mexico for surgeries, Thailand for medical stuff, you know, prescriptions are hella inexpensive here, things like that. So it's not a bad idea to couple your vacation in with potential medical tourism. And Big Farm might not be taking you out. In Tokyo and uh, no. Thailand, like
2: they are in America mm-hmm. no they ain't taking you out in Thailand.
0: so could walk us through the whole downsizing process because I know you had a house. Walk us through Uh-oh. how you got
2: everything Whew. taken
0: care of in order to make this transition in full.
2: I'm going to tell you that was probably the hardest part of this transition. I had a three-bedroom townhouse, so my plan was to move out last September, 2017, so I can save some money. I was planning to move in around January, February, March, around that time of this year. So I moved out in September. I found renters initially. They lasted for about a month, and they were like trash. By the grace of God, <laughs> I was able to get them out without like any incident and had to pay my mortgage for like another month or so before I found some renters for January. So I was able to get some renters. Then I have a realtor who's sort of like watching my property. So I was able to figure that out, which wasn't so bad, but it's still a hassle that you got to go to make sure you have trust, you know, trustworthy people who can watch your property while you're gone and trustworthy tenants. But the biggest part was getting rid of my staff. I'm not a minimalist by any means. I'm not a hoarder, but I'm somewhere in between. (laughs) So I had I want to say when I finally came down to it, I had upwards of four, three trash bags, like black hefty trash bags of shoes. Like I had like 150 pairs of shoes. I had like 50 purses, 50 purses and like 20 something trash bags of clothes. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Like something like ridiculous. And I'm like, where did I even put this stuff? Like I don't even. And half the stuff, like I want to say, twenty five percent had tags on it. So that means I didn't even wear it, and I've had it for years. Stuff I had five, three years, two years, never worn it. I had to go through my clothes about five times, five cycles of like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of this. First time, got rid of stuff, donated it to the charity. Second cycle, <laughs> I still holding on to stuff. Like I, I'm going with it. I'm going with this. I am going wear this i have not worn it in three years. but I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> got rid of stuff third cycle it was getting close to the time I had to move so I was like okay now I need to start thinking about what I'm taking to Japan because Japan is a business attire that like country everything you wear for work is business attire, like suit blazer and I didn't have too many of those so I had to buy some stuff because I can't fit Japanese clothes for the most part I'd have to like shop at H&M and Zara that's my options so I bought some stuff I was like planning to take three suitcases had to get rid of my furniture had to get rid of 75% of my clothes and I still ended up having to take four suitcases and a carry-on
1: what yeah tell our listeners how much it cost you to bring so
2: four suitcases I
1: spent $500 in
2: baggage <laughs> <laughs> and, well,
1: and one of my
0: suitcases well, was Lord. 70 pounds are you yeah, so serious so $500 later did you bring back a body a dead body with you
2: <laughs> Listen, I had such anxiety separating my stuff. Like, I could not part. And there are still dresses that are in my cousin's house that I couldn't part with that I told her she'd have to ship to me <laughs> because I bought them and I haven't worn them. And I refuse to just let these dresses go to waste. So I have to ship them. It was so bad. It was really bad. Like,
1: oh the, my gosh. It, it's, it was it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So it was funny. I'm on Facebook and, and her little. Message on my timeline comes up, and it's like, you know, at the airport, and my luggage is costing, you know, in luggage fees $500. My response was like, WTF, what the fuck are you bringing? <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, girl. And that was after
2: five rounds of letting stuff go. Like even Mm -hmm. the last minute I had to go drive. It was not say it was midnight when I was the day before I was supposed to leave. My flight was at 8 a.m. I was trying to pack my bags at my mom's house because I was leaving from there. But I waited and the one bag was almost 100 pounds. So I had to drive to my cousin's house. to get. That's why I added the extra suitcase. I had to drive at midnight to get a new suitcase to split. Girl, I got
1: tears in my eyes. Are you serious? It was, oh, my God. Baco. It was bad. Oh, my it was God. Re- All right. So our listeners, please do yeah. not quote one of these numbers. Um, <laughs> I will say literally, this. Try to minimize as much as possible. I mean, a lot of us, you know, sell everything and we we move abroad with like two suitcases or maybe one in a backpack or whatever. And that in itself is very difficult. But once you're somewhere, you accumulate your own stuff. You will. You'll go shopping. You will pick up some things and all of those things. Right. So I will say
2: this. I've made some money. If you are smart enough to do this ahead of time, you can make some money by selling your stuff. I had really good shoes that I was able to sell. I just sold them for like $10, $15 a piece to family members, had like a flea market. So I made like $400 prior to leaving with like the shoes and stuff that I had, the clothes I just gave away. But if you plan it ahead of time, you can really like selling your furniture, like selling like really good possessions. You can make some money to take with you on your trip. I will also say, echoing what Nubia said, is that like Japan has H and M, they have Zara, and although I was boycotting H and M because of the monkey shirt, I don't have a choice here. I don't. It's either H and M or Zara, and Zara is way too expensive on my new budget. So literally, that is all I have that I can buy and fit and wear yep. in Japan.
0: Wow, <laughs> I'm still like in shock. much. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it is a lot. You realize you don't need much. I mean, I must say, you know, I just moved out of a studio apartment into a house. And when I realized the amount of shit that I accumulated in nine months time, I was so disappointed in myself. I was like, oh, my gosh, you got rid of a four bedroom home. You know what I mean? And you packed yourself into one big suitcase, one carry on suitcase and a backpack. And here you are going from, you know, basically a backpack carry on and one luggage to multitude of shit multitude of stuff that i ended up accumulating within the last few months and i was just like damn it's so easy to do regardless of where you are it is very easy so
0: how long have you been in japan thus far I got here on March and I'm in Kyoto, but I'm mm-hmm. moving to Fukuoka, which
2: is the southern part of Japan. It's like two and a half hours on the bullet train from where I am now. So I'm going to be in the heat a little bit close to real close to South Korea, like an hour and a half boat ride to South Korea.
1: Oh, go well check it out.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, We were talking about that. You could take ferries to China. and Yeah, absolutely. South Korea. Uh, very affordable ferries. So that's great. That sounds fun.
1: So tell our listeners what you are doing from social worker to what? to Okay, so social worker to ESL teacher. So English is a
2: second language teacher for a company in Japan. I'll be teaching kiddies and adults how to speak English, conversational English. That's for a year. And I'm going to see what ha- what life has in store for me after that. We'll see yeah. how long I can last.
1: <laughs> well, I think that that's, you know, I was saying before that teaching English is a very easy way to make money abroad. Yeah. You know, you and I did it a little different. You did one of the programs in Washington, D.C., correct? Is that where the program was? I did it online. Okay. So you did a, how long is that, the program you did? I almost said three months. I think I started in March
2: and finished in June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then you had to do like 20 hours of student teaching. So I did the student teaching in D.C. And then I kept teaching up until I like got the job and moved.
1: Okay. And then Frances went to Thailand and took her certification or her classes actually in the country. Yeah. And I got my TEFL certification online through Groupon and just got a job with VIP Kid Online. So the three of us did it differently but we are doing the same thing. We're all teaching. There's so many different ways to come abroad. And not everybody wants to teach, but it's something that can help you easily transition into another country.
2: Yeah, like once you get into the country. It's like getting your foot in the door. Like once you get into the country, you can start to explore and see what other options there may be for you. If you can learn the language, then you might have a whole lot more options. Lucky for me, I'm in a country where that has a lot of military base. So technically I could try to get a job with the American government on a military base because I'm a social worker and I have my license. I, there's a lot of social work positions and I would be living in Japan for free, free housing, and getting paid 60,000, 70,000 US. So that's the goal right now to be able to make that type of money living for free.
0: Then we need to come back and do this podcast so I can tell you how I'm balling. <laughs> I actually have a friend of mine who uh, she's a fellow social worker and she, her husband is in the military and they're both social workers and they both do social work. So yeah, it is possible to do other things. And they probably, I don't know, they bawling. got two kids. You know that goes.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's good to know that you can take your license and still work in other countries. I don't know anything about that, but definitely if you have a resource that you would like for us to drop on the podcast, I would love to put it out there because again, there are people who are just like, but this is all I know. And they really, really, really don't want to teach. So, you know, I never really thought about them working on a base and there's usually U.S. bases all across the world. So yeah, or the U.S. embassy jobs, the state department for one is a really good resource for people to get jobs abroad. If you can get into the state department and work for them, they have a ton of jobs. Overseas.
2: Yeah. I wish I had known prior to, I wasn't even thinking about it. Cause I honestly, I didn't do that much research to be quite honest. Like I just applied to different jobs and whichever one took, but I could have applied for a military job beforehand and possibly could have gotten doing that. And would have still been in Japan and making a lot more money and not having to like struggle as much, but you, you know, live and you, live and learn, and you learn. learn. Yeah. So
0: now that you've been in Japan, uh, any culture shock, anything that you like, uh, or some things that you may see that's a little different.
2: So I'm one. I'm gonna say this because I've heard so much about Asian like countries looking and touching black people and like trying to be all in your face and take pictures. I was sort of preparing myself for that to happen, but it hasn't happened. Japan is very, very what's the word? Conservative. Conservative, and they do not. They don't mess with you. Like they don't bother you. They don't. You know. They don't talk to you. They don't do anything. Like they mind their business. They're quiet and they keep it moving. So I've had like one or two kids sort of look at me and like point, but as far as adults or anyone trying to take pictures, none of that happened. So that was the first thing that I that didn't happen that I thought would happen. I wasn't expecting or prepared for the squat toilets, which they have regular toilets and their toilets are actually pretty fancy. Like they are heated. All public toilets are like heated. They have machines, it's mechanical, you push buttons and It makes, does stuff. I don't know how to read the damn buttons, what the hell they do, but I just know it do shit more than American toilets do. But they also have the squat toilets for people who still want to use the squat toilets. So there's always a damn line because no one wants to use the goddamn squat toilets. And everyone's waiting for like the high tech mechanical (laughs) toilets that they have. What else? They eat a lot of damn pork. I ain't never been nowhere with so much damn pork. (laughs) God, I was like, can I get some chicken? Y'all got no chicken? It's like pork, pork, pork. Noodles and rice. Pork, noodles and rice. Not heavy on vegetables. You're going to have to get like some fiber if you want to go to the (laughs) grocery (laughs) grocery (laughs) store. It's all meat and and rice. Uh, I think they smoke a lot, which really kills me. And they smoke in public places. So it's sort of ironic because they wear a face mask, which I wasn't prepared for. I didn't know they did that. Everyone pretty much walks around with a face mask, a surgical mask for to prevent germs from spreading. Mm -hmm. But yet y'all stay smoking it up in all the public places. Yeah. So that confuses the hell out of me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: Besides that, I haven't had too much of a jarring experience. Like, ooh, it's pretty westernized. (laughs) be quite honest yeah, so yeah
0: japan is very very it's easy to get comfortable in japan it's very modern subways are on time actually i read this article how the japanese subway system had to apologize for being 20 seconds early yep yeah. I so heard, i read yeah. that too yeah 20 seconds they're very efficient so if they're late they apologize and you get i think like you have to go and get a, a fair adjustment But you get a ticket. So if you're late for work, because time is very important, like being punctual, like you can't be late for work.
2: With my job, if you're a minute late, they dock you like 15 minutes or something crazy. So if the train is ever late, they can give you a slip, a written slip from the train person to tell your job that the train was late so you don't get docked for that minute or two that you're late.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. But you got to know know the name of it. I forgot the name of it. But yeah, definitely serious about being punctual.
1: (laughs) That is some efficient shit. Like, wow. I mean, I don't know how many times I've walked up into work back in D.C. It was like the train broke down or there was a backup on the tracks. And it, I mean, it could be literally like an hour. And you yeah. don't get the Lamada <laughs> courtesy until, like, you know, it's been all hell and the news people are coming. You know, right. You know, um so wait a minute. So, you talked about what's that train called the bullet train? Is that that yeah, train the, that goes like a 100 miles an hour or something?
2: Yeah, like the uh, k- sen,
1: shinkansen.
2: I'm still trying to learn these words, girl. I'm still trying to learn
1: these words, girl. I'm still trying. I got, I am just um, watching y'all like <laughs> so far. I got,
2: arigato arigato <laughs>
0: like I got the gozaimasu. I got that down. I gozaimasu. <laughs> <What>? That's it. <laughs> I mean, thank you very, thank you, thank you very much. That's all I got. So for you to say I don't understand, learn wakari masen. When they start trying to speak to you in Japanese, you'd be like wakari masen. they were like, oh okay, wakari Okay, I'm saying Nihongo. I back. gotta
2: get it. Oh, I need to learn how to tell them no plastic bags. They give you like ten plastic
0: bags Ooh, I just one. just learned that too.
2: They pack everything like seven times in plastic bags.
1: You got to be like, I'm good. I need to learn. And they put hot soup in plastic
0: bags. They
1: put everything in a plastic bag. I'm yeah. always, you know, I got to put my arms up and cross to say like, no, because they, I will have 50 million plastic bags.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my trash bags. <laughs> I think that's all of our trash bags. So Baker, with 31 countries under your belt, what is your favorite, maybe top three countries that you visited? Yo, I get this question all the time. It's so hard. I will say London just because my goal
2: was to live in London. I really just love London. I just and I always get like a lot of attention in London. Maybe that's probably why. Like I always meet like a hot London bloke. (laughs) Hot Englishman. (laughs) (laughs) But I I travel to London. So maybe that's I've been on more dates in London than I have in the US in the past. Like
1: sad. Popping in Europe, huh? Yo, my tend
2: to be (laughs) popping in. But uh, (laughs) um I'm going to say London, Egypt, only because Egypt was crazy. It was like crazy, like just being in Egypt, but being at the pyramid and that experience and that like history, like, like black people did this and they still can't figure that shit out. Like that type of nostalgia, that feel just made Egypt wonderful for me. Got you. I really enjoyed Iceland. I really, really, really enjoyed Iceland. I didn't get to see the damn light. So I want to go back to try to see it. Mm -hmm. I just enjoyed the country. It's expensive as hell. It was cold as hell, but it was just so beautiful. It was so scenic. The people were really nice. The air was
1: clean. It's clean. clean. It's just nice. I don't know. Uh, I just had a good time just breathing. I I was going to say, I think that's one of the only places in the world that I've been that actually had the cleanest air I've ever taken in. You know what I'm saying? Where you just walk out and you have, like, there's a hint of sulfur around because all of the the natural hot springs have natural sulfur in it so you just go outside and you're just like oh, like i've never like you just you realize you've never had clean air <laughs> until you go to these nordic countries yeah Iceland is okay. hella expensive hella expensive but i think those would be my top three if mm-hmm. i had to. I can agree with you. I can agree with you. Except for, I don't know about Egypt. I haven't been to Egypt. I would just say Africa would totally be on uh, on the list. As far as London, I loved London. The food is not the best, though. The food is trash, but you got to eat the ethnic
2: food. The food is trash. Now, I'm not going to London for no fish and chips. With no salt, no seasoning, no. I'm <laughs> I'm going to London to get me some good curry from the Indian, the Indian band who came from, <laughs> from straight from uh Mumbai yeah all the cultural the ethnic food I'm not going to London for food but I just really enjoyed just the train is really good not just like the city and then you're so close to other countries so it's so easy to like travel a- around the world and at least Europe and Asia from there oh, gotcha. yeah. so
1: okay now you said go for okay. it. Now, you're, you're like, go it I mean you know can can I get question in you know y'all just, she just be dominating the question. <laughs> just dominating the question <laughs> okay so japan for at least 12 months mm-hmm. what do you think is next for you i honestly don't know
2: i'm gonna see how i feel about the teaching how i like it i have in the back of my mind uh, applying for a job a social work job on the base just as like a backup if i want to make really good money and want to stay in Japan, then that's a good option for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking into maybe just going to another country and teaching. Like, I would love to go to another Asian country that's cheaper to travel from and working, you know, as a teacher. My only issue is that I do have a bill I have to pay at home. So I'd have to make enough to send a, some sort of money back home. If that wasn't the issue, if I didn't have no bills back home, I would have been probably been in Thailand with y'all because it's so much cheaper. And I can make $2,000 and still live in. But I couldn't do that. Need to make a little bit more. Yeah, comfortably. But Mm -hmm. I need to make a little bit more. So yeah. So I don't know. So it's either gonna be I'm staying in Japan teaching. I'm staying in Japan working as a social worker, or I'm going to another country teaching. Or I get married to a rich man and I don't have to worry about (laughs) any of this. Y'all
1: heard
0: so that's the
2: the real. Listen, listen, holla at me, the Baco zero six. Like, <laughs> <I'm> crazy. <laughs> and wait, 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 what's going on with the Baco yes. Chronicles?
1: Oh Have you started
2: god. a YouTube vlog? Oh my god. So I'm so not good with this. Like you're so good with like technology and like documenting. I'm just lazy as hell. Mm-hmm. Can I curse
1: on you? Yes,
2: girl. I, I'm crazy <laughs> as fuck. So, I did two videos. So, like, intro, like, this is the bake girl. This is the baker car. This is what it's going to be about. This is my first 48 hour recap of being in Japan. I ain't do shit ass. I haven't done shit since. Like, I have the YouTube channel. I started it. I bought a camera. I bought a like GoPro so I can, like, walk around from where I'm traveling so you can see all the day to day stuff. But, I bought the wrong SD card, I think. So for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be working. Now I got to figure out what is the right card to
1: put in there. 128 gigabytes is a good card to put into your cameras or your GoPros. It holds a lot. I had 128 before I left. I actually keep it in my cell phone because I take all my videos and all my pictures on my cell phone. So I transfer everything to my SD so that I don't have that memory lag on my phone.
2: Right. So I need to, f- I'm just not good with technology, to be honest. I'm not a tech savvy person. So trying to figure this out, I wish I had just put like a regular camera because now I'm like this GoPro. <laughs> I don't know how to work this damn camera. And I don't want to keep posting videos on my phone. You know what I'm saying? Like I want it to be like legit, but I've been posting so much on my Instagram. I just wish my Instagram would just pop off. Like my Instagram is lit. <laughs> like I post the day to day shit like off the regular and like, I'm getting a lot of feedback from it, but it's too channel. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. <laughs>
1: It's all right. little bit oh, sure. at a time. I think everybody, when we move abroad, wants to do the vlogging type thing at some point. It's not the easiest. Sometimes I don't even take my phone out because I just want to kind of live in the experience. So there's a ton of shit that I don't post. You know what I mean? There's a ton of material that I have that I have not posted. But I don't always want to be looking through the lens. I want to be just in the present exactly. moment as well. And so. I'm, I'm that type. I just want to experience it. And it's easy for me to Instagram
2: video, you know, what's going on, but to sit down and do like an actual putting together a video of different pieces and images and trying to make it all like fancy, maybe being a YouTube star just is not. We could always outsource it, right? We always outsource and no the joke. editing. Girl, I, I bought is editing no software. Joke. I bought all of that stuff. And I'm just like, is that really my thing? You know, I don't want to force something to be something because everyone has told me to do it. Like I'm literally doing it because everyone keeps saying, "Oh, you need to do a blog you need to, you're so funny. we love watching you, but I don't know if Not,
0: that's my yeah, thing that just, I really want to just find the focus outlet on. Just, yeah, just, me f- on just find your there. outlet and let that be your thing you know there's lots of folks who travel and all they yeah. do is snap, you know they're snap travelers or they insta stories, and that's pretty much it. That's
1: how Mr. Filowaki did, right? He started with just Instagram and now, you know, he does Insta stories and Snap travel and that's it. So, you know, a lot of people have moved on from YouTube. A lot of people use Facebook as a great medium as well. You know, like Nas only does Facebook videos, you know what I mean? Things like that. But it's not for everybody. It is a lot of work and editing is a bitch. So I get it. Yeah. It is a lot right. Again,
2: money's not really a big motivator. Yeah, I would like to monetize and do something, like be one of those people like, Oh my god, do you see the big No. But that might that just it might just not be my for me.
1: Oh, and it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Believe me. Yeah. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time for these people to, who are social media influencers to be recognized. You do have to have a certain number of followers, um, preferably 10,000 or more. There's a whole thing behind it. Instagram is totally changing their algorithms all the time. So, you know, there's a lot to it. So neither here or there. So enough said you can actually go on YouTube. Why don't you use YouTube? I was going to say that. But... Goddamn... Girl,
2: <laughs> I did that. I did that. And it's, I think it's just the wrong <laughs> Hard. I think I figured out how to work the camera but it's the wrong card there's like only three
1: buttons camera video Yo, and on man, and
2: off I told you I'm not smart with this stuff man I'm not technologically savvy okay don't judge me
1: I'm Get working somebody. on it I was born in the 80s You're okay gonna, I'm not uh-oh. a millennial I don't I don't know how this shit work girl please that's funny your millennials are the ones that know how to do it all at this point in time. I'm not a millennial I'm right on the cusp no. We I can, won't claim I just millennials. Had this okay, I so you're, claim you're claiming the Gen X community. Is
2: it that it's called a You Can't keep it called a Zenial Like right I, I, I think, think I'm trying. Right after Generation X, right before millennials. It's like you're in that weird space. Type
0: Twilight
1: Zone space that yeah, that's I'll claim that. <laughs>
2: I'll claim that <laughs> I'm not oh,
1: eating no. tie pods. I'm not eating tie pods. That is hilarious. Okay, have you identified some of your favorite Japanese dishes yet?
2: Oh, yeah, i probably going to like be like, oh, bitch, why are you here?
1: I don't, I'm not a foodie. <laughs> okay.
2: I am Disclaimer. Not a foodie. <laughs> so I don't care to try some shit. I'm not good oh on, God. I don't eat sushi. So people are like, why are you in Japan? I love sushi. I don't. Care for sushi at all? So yeah, I have found some really bomb ass dumplings that soup
1: dumplings that just
2: soup dumplings, and I keep (laughs) posting. I had them today, like this crack. there's like a crack dumpling. They have they're fried at the bottom, but they have a soup. It's meat and a soup inside. But you have to be careful when you. Open it because the soup will gush everywhere and it'll burn your lip. So you have to learn how to eat it. Now that I know how to eat it, I'm not spilling everything all over myself. But I think right now those are like favorite Japanese things that i found. Those crack dumplings, and I had
0: I some ramen. ramen. I didn't That's eat ramen did. in the states. Ramen, sushi. But yeah, kept that that. right there. Yeah,
2: the ramen was good. I had some ramen. I, they put some pork in it because they always put pork in everything. But it was good. I enjoyed the ramen. I enjoyed the soup dumplings. But I'm for real, for real. I'm looking for a Mexican place yeah. because I, I miss. I want a taco. <laughs> did you they have say them they a have Mexican them.
0: It's, place it's in Japan? The
1: yeah, you know they is. have one. I found one. I had to Google it. It's not the same. I know. Yeah. Of course, it's not the same. I'm just surprised you're looking for a Mexican yeah. place in in Japan. I know I
2: wish I was like you Nubia with your food palette you could just eat everything and you take beautiful pictures and you document it and I'm like oh, <laughs> I got you got um french fries some fried chicken like I'm so when you I'm, come visit, I definitely can't take you out to eat. We gotta just do we can food. I'm to eat. I'ma just get what I recognize. Like if it looks like chicken, I'm gonna get it. If it has phalanges or like tentacles and stuff like that, like I'm not gonna <laughs>
1: get nothing that nothing in Thailand that but it looks tastes like good, though is what it is. I swear to God. I don't you, it's not. It'd be good, but it ain't what you think it is half the time. <laughs> so. You literally
2: have to just surprise me. I can't know what it is ahead of time. I said
1: I love though. That. I need to show more. Like, have you guys ever had mango plums? Mm mm. You love that stuff. I like oh, mango. I like plums. Yes, so it's it- a good combination it's a little they're about this big and they're orangey and screen and they have a seed in the middle but they taste like mangoes but they're just you can fit them in your hand that (laughs) yeah and then they have mango steam and the lychee and i mean i just love the super fruit setter yeah
0: yeah well i was first gonna ask bako what advice do you have for folks who are thinking about downsizing just like you did and to move abroad So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world.
2: do research about where you want to go you need to do research because i probably could have saved myself a lot of headache with stuff i brought if i had researched what they already had in the country you know i bought shampoo bought deodorant i bought lotion like i was like i'm bringing everything probably weighed 50 pounds worth of shit i could have just bought here or ordered it online because stuff is delivered from amazon to japan so do your research to if you can sell stuff and get rid of it, just get rid of it. Sell it, make some money, and have that money pocketed. I would also, so definitely try to save some money so you have a cushion because you don't want to come and be like, just dependent on the money you're going to make in the country. You want to have a cushion because you just never know what's going to happen. Certain things don't kick in right away. So if I didn't have a cushion, I'll be looking crazy. And I will say, just don't be scared. That was never an issue for me. I knew I wanted to go. There was nothing really holding me back any fear of loss or missing family or any of that I didn't have any of that but most people do (laughs) so don't be fearful of the unknown life is supposed to be a challenge right so you have to just do it like Nike that's probably the best slogan just fucking do it and (laughs) then if you don't like it you can always move the fuck back like there's nothing stopping you from going back and there's nothing to be ashamed of it just if it didn't work out
1: how you planned well Forrest Gump life is like a box of chocolates right you never know what you're gonna get (laughs) But if you don't open that box, you ain't going to get shit. You ain't going to get shit. I mean, most times it's sweet. So I totally get that. And thank you for the advice because that is true. Try to be fearless in your endeavors and just do it. You know, Francis, right behind you, it says, just do it. Just do it the be fearless and the just do it great advice tell our listeners how they can find you on social media okay guys since my uh youtube <laughs> channel is struggling you'll have one it's the
2: t-h-e bako b-a-k-o chronicles it's on youtube but if you're looking for that live action <laughs> follow me on instagram at the awesome. nice. bako
1: Six. nice thank, thank you, bako. you so much for talking with us thank I'm you ladies so proud finally of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you for making the move and I'm looking forward to hearing more about, you know, what happens over the next few months as you really get acclimated and accustomed. Let's do the where are you now, like six months from now, really give us the tea on how it is being black in Japan.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Please save me a bed in Thailand when I um, (laughs) get my shit
0: together. (laughs) thank you for tuning in to chronicles abroad please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms head over to itunes to subscribe rate and leave a review follow us on instagram and hit that like button at chronicles underscore abroad find us online at our website chroniclesabroad.com for tips resources and ways we can collaborate so don't forget to join us next week for another episode until then beautiful people thanks for listening Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.